With 19 NCAA Division I sports and 84 majors, Coastal Carolina University affords student-athletes the competition and learning they crave. From FBS football to ladies volleyball, from championship baseball to ladies lacrosse, from business to theater arts, Coastal Carolina University offers a depth of learning both on the field and in the classroom. Eager ambition is a hallmark of students and faculty at Coastal Carolina University. Schedule a tour and learn more at coastal.edu. Hear ye, hear ye. It's time for the Sports King Show, live on Sports 1061. The show with scores, interviews, the hottest topics, and the biggest sports stories of the day. It's the show where you'll hear from the players that make the plays, as well as the key coaches and personnel who make it happen. All of this and live phone calls from you, the Sports King Nation. Now, direct from his castle, located in an undisclosed location in the capital city of Richmond, Virginia, let's welcome to the throne, His Highness, Jamie King, the Sports King, on Sports 1061. Hey, good morning, everybody. Monday morning. Hope you're having a great start to your day. Of course, hope you had a great weekend of this past weekend. Plenty of sports action. We've got a new Masters champion. We've got plenty of movement in the NFL. We're going to start the day with our NFL report. Before we do that, we want to say hello to our sponsors, for which we cannot do the program without. We want to thank the Nerve Corporation. Of course, Andrew Fisher, their CEO. We want to thank them and say good morning to everybody in Denver, Colorado at www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. If you have graphics needs of any kind, if you have website needs, any kind of development of any kind, they're there to help you with marketing everything A to Z. It's www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. Go ahead, give them a call, give them a look. That website, you'll see for yourself what we know here at the Sports King Show. We want to thank our great friends at CMA's Colonial Honda, of course, keeping lies moving forward. Tomorrow, of course, it'll be Tuesdays with Tim, Tim Cosgrove, their outstanding general manager and president. The guy is the best in the business. If you've ever dealt with him, you know one time, once you get to hang out with him and, and get to see how he does things, it's the best experience you'll ever have. And he and his staff are first class in everything they do. And everything over there is sanitized. Everything is clean. After everybody walks through, every single thing's wiped down, and it's just immaculate there. So you'll have a great, uh, comfortable experience in the building. And if you can't get there, they will bring the vehicle to you. If you pick one out, they'll deliver it right directly to your home and do the paperwork right there. I had it done for me. You can have it done for you. It's amazing. At CMA's Colonial Honda, continuing to keep lies moving forward. And our friend, Dr. Paul Ross, we call him the goat around here, the greatest of all time when it comes to the podiatry aspect with offices in Bethesda, Maryland, Springfield, Virginia. Simply nobody does better than Dr. Ross. He's seen over 240,000 people, of which I'm one. And people go there in droves to see this man because he has a passion to help you get on the road to recovery. If you're having an issue with a bunion to an ingrown toenail to anything in between, ankle anything he takes care of you and will get you back on the road to recovery with an individualized game plan specifically tailored to you so dr paul ross if you go out to the website take a look of course dr paul ross in the podiatry centers of springfield virginia bethesda maryland if you can't get there you can also do a telemedia meeting with him and uh, he can talk to you 
online and try to decipher what's going on with you, set up an appointment in person, but at least he can give you some indications of what's going on with your feet. And last, but certainly not least, our great friend Joe Mowgli of the Joe Mowgli Report brought to you exclusively by Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers. And of course, Joe was a former head coach there, also the current chairman of TD Ameritrade. We are the home of the Joe Mowgli Report brought to you by Coastal Carolina University, heard exclusively on the Sports King Show. And we thank Joe for all he does for our program. Turning the page back to Sunday in the NFL. Well, let's go back to Thursday night. Of course, it all started with the Colts defeating the Titans 34-17 in a game that uh, I thought would go the other way. The Titans, of course, were uh, looking like they were dominant in some ways, but then they were exposed. Phillip Rivers did his job, 29-39, of 308 yards, one touchdown in the 34-17 win. That was back on Thursday night. Moving ahead to yesterday's action, and many of you out there in the betting public texted me and were asking questions about this game, this Browns-Texans game. Of course, the line went from two and a half to four and a half. And at the end of this game, Nick Chubb took a pitch out, went 37 yards, not 38 yards. The eighth yard at 38, hitting that one would have meant the money for you. So he goes outside. He's just trying to move the chains in the game. Well, he breaks it down the sideline. That's the good part. The bad part for the wagering public is nobody's in front of him. And instead of scoring the touchdown, like most athletes do when you get around a scoring opportunity, he steps out at the one-yard line because he said Baker Mayfield and the coaches have told him, if you get the first down, go ahead and take a knee. Well, I thought that might have meant if it was with people in your way, with traffic, but with nobody in your way, you know, you think you're just going to score. Well, he steps out inexplicably at the one-yard line, and boy, did I get messages from Ohio everywhere in between. Are you kidding me? What did he do to me? He just cost me this. He cost me that. He cost me the – and you understand what he did, but the betting public not so forgiving, and it was a big swing in terms of where the money went on that one as the Browns improved to 6-3 and three with a – Lackluster 10 to 7 win over the Texans. Deshaun Watson, for his part, 20 of 30, 163 yards, one touchdown. Nick Chubb, the aforementioned, 19 carries, 126 yards, and one touchdown. So the Brownies improved to 6 and 3. We haven't talked a lot about the Browns. We're going to give them the credit that they're deserving of. Uh, the first year coach, Kevin Stefanski and company, have it 6 and 3, 4 and 1 at home. So they're handling their business, but. Is this a fool's gold team? Are they legitimate? And I look at them kind of sideways like, yeah, it's it's improving, but I'm still not sold on the Browns. I'm not all the way there. I am there that they are improving. They've got a better staff. They've got better uh, folks in the building and things that seem to be improving. You can see that with the product on the field. But when you walk away from a team that's 2-7 and seven that you beat 10-7, to seven, you walk away with a, eh, eh. You know, it wasn't the feeling of, uh, we're really on the cusp of something great here because we edged the team by three points. That was my take on the Browns situation. Let's move on to Big Al, of course, on Sports Phone coming up 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock every day live with Ben Maitland. Heard right here after the Sports King program, his favorite team and mine, unabashedly, the Washington R team. We can't say that name, but we can call them the football team. Well, the football team, as I'm watching this one yesterday, down 17-3 to to the Lions at Ford Field, and I'm like, uh, here we go again. And it just got uglier and uglier. 
Now, give the Washington football team credit coming back with 24 points in the second half to make this a tie game, 27 apiece. But it was a Matt Prater field goal that the Washington football team gives up, and they lose 30-27. to 27. Two and seven are the Washington football team. The Lions improve to four and five. Now, in this game with Washington at two and seven, hey, don't lose heart. They could still maybe win the division. Yuck, yuck. Anyway, two and seven, 0 oh and four away, just, just bad football. And they try to come back. Alex Smith, give him credit. The fact this guy's even walking is amazing to me. Playing is just spectacular that he's given the effort he is. His mobility is lacking. You can tell that, but he's doing everything. And this guy, one thing you can't ever doubt on Alex Smith is his heart. This guy has a heart to, the size of Texas, and it's just really amazing to see what he's done. Absolute comeback player of the year. There is no question about that. The Packers defeat the Jaguars 24-20, to improving to 7-2. And the Jaguars won in eight. Many folks across Wisconsin texting me saying, hey, you know, this is a 14-point game, and, you know, I'm putting all the money on the Packers. When you look at records, what you have to take away from this are their extenuating circumstances. New players trying to make their way for the Jaguars. They've got quarterback changes. They get changes all across, and these guys get paid too. They're trying to make a living and trying to show that they're worthy of being in the league. Well, they gave everything they could give to the Packers, and the Packers win it 24-20. to It wasn't easy. Aaron Rodgers, 24-34, 325 yards, two touchdowns in this one, as the Packers improved to 7-2. Now, while I said I wasn't all in on the, on the Browns, I am all in on the Packers. And in terms of this game, I can tell you the Packers are for real. Now, will they win it all? Who knows? But I do know this. They have the ability to win it all. And let's take a listen to Marquise Valdez-Scantling, one of their outstanding receivers who had four receptions, 149 yards, and a touchdown. Let's listen to one of his big plays yesterday against the Jaguars. Going deep. And the catch is made. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is going to scamper into the end zone, and that's a Packer touchdown. So Marquez gets it done for the Packers, and they win 24-20 in that one, and many people did not expect that to be close. This is a problem with the NFL, as Joe Gibbs used to say, the former Redskin legend, of course, Winning in this league is tough. Any win you get, you have to be thankful for. Now, I'm not saying they're not thankful for it, but this is one of those wins you say to yourself, do you really feel good about winning against a 1-8 team now, 24-20? It shows, yes, you can win the games you should, but playing, and I used to talk to my players all the time, you have to keep the hammer down. You have to keep your foot down the whole time. You can't let off the gas because when you do, you let people hang around if teams hang around, hang around, hang around in the fourth quarter, if they're within striking distance, they can get you if you're not playing your game. You have to execute for four quarters. And they finished the game, but it wasn't impressive. So I think uh, Coach LaFleur and the uh, Packers have a lot of work to do to make sure that they finish games. And they were not able to finish the way they should have, but they do improve to 7-2. to two. And that's a team I circle as one you have to watch because right now, while they're not, in my opinion, playing championship football, they're playing winning football. So there's a difference right now. They've got to hit that switch and go into that postseason mode pretty soon to start showing people that, yes, we can win and win going away. 
It was the G-Men and the Eagles in the NFC Least. And while I was telling you moments ago, my Washington football team is 2-7. and seven. The leaders in the clubhouse right now, the G-Men and the Giants are uh, – the Giants and the Eagles, rather, are 3-7 and seven and 3-5 and five collectively. We're one game out of the lead. Are you kidding me? This is how bad this division is. I've never seen it this bad. I mean, it's horrific. I just can't believe it. Anyway, at uh, New York, the Giants win this one 27-17. Daniel Jones is quietly emerging and getting better with his play for the G-Men. They roll 27-17. Eagles falling to 3-5. and five. The G-Men, who were not winning anything, are now 3-7. And, seven. and uh, don't look now, but here come the G-Men. Daniel Jones, 21-28, 244 yards in this one. But Carson Wentz and Eagles fans were asking me yesterday, you know, should we have kept Nick Foles? Mark Perry's favorite player, by the way. Uh, should we have kept Nick Foles? And the answer is yes. I think the guy takes you to Super Bowl. you got to find a way to keep him under contract. And, you know, I know you have an investment in Carson Wentz, but that's a situation where you look and you say, Carson Wentz, something is going on there. I don't know what is happening, why he can't get over the hump in this Doug Peterson offense. When you look at things yesterday and you look at Wentz, 21 of 37, 208 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, a 37.7 QBR quarterback rating, and an average pass of 5.6 yards per attempt. So that's not going to get you in the Hall of Fame. That's not going to win anything, and you're not going to beat a team you should beat. The Eagles have some problems offensively, and it starts at quarterback. And I was a fan of Carson Wentz, and I like him. I like him. He's a big kid. He's got a lot of ability. But something is not going right in that offense. They are not working well together, and it's not meeting. For whatever reason, I can't put my finger on it. I saw him in college. I watched him. I liked the way he handled himself. He's had some games in the NFL where you're like, that's the guy that they wanted. That's the guy that's that talented. And then other times you just walk away scratching your head saying, what is he doing? You know, where are we at here? So yesterday the Eagles fall 27 to 17 in Tampa. Now I'm getting the love again from Tampa and I love you back. So thank you so much. And you're asking me, am I back on the Brady train? Am I back on the Buccaneers express to the Super Bowl? Let's. Cool your jets now. Let's not get too excited. Don't get too carried away. The Buccaneers roll in this one 46 to 23 over the Panthers. Of course, Panthers heard exclusively here on Sports 1061. And of course, uh, Ronald Jones had a huge day. And I say huge with a capital H as the Buccaneers roll the Panthers. Let's listen to the work of Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones will get a big hole. Jones gets by. Ronald Jones may go all the way. And Tom Brady had the best seat in the house for that 98-yard run by Ronald Jones. And as a former quarterback many years ago, there's nothing better than to give a little shuffle pass or a little screen pass and see your guy go 80 yards because that goes on your stats. It looks like he had an 80-yard touchdown. Here Brady hands the ball off. He goes 98 yards. So Brady had the best seat in the house watching this one open up and Jones picking him up and putting him down. For the day, Tom Brady, the GOAT, 28 of 39, 341 yards, three touchdowns as the Buccaneers roll over the Panthers, 46-23.
and of course Panthers heard here on Sports 106.1. You wonder with the Panthers, I was saying this game I thought would be more competitive than it was, and it started off good for the Panthers. They're at 14-7. You said, okay, they've got it. This Panther team is going to continue to progress. And then Tom Brady and company woke up 7 in the first, 10 in the second, 12 in the third, 17 in the fourth for the 46 points. When you look at Jones, he gouged this Panther defense. They need to work defensively. 23 carries, 192 yards, one touchdown on the day. For Carolina, D.J. Moore had four receptions, 96 yards, and a touchdown in the losing effort. But when you look at Tampa Bay improving 7-3, you say to yourself, Bruce Arians must be a mad scientist because he said after the loss last week in humiliating fashion to the Saints, you know, we're going to come back, we're going to get better, we're going to work harder. And he has been putting Tom Brady down very softly, but yet effectively to get inside of his head and say, even number 12 needs to improve. He needs to do things better. So some people are like, man, he's getting on Brady. What's that all about? Well, he's doing it, and there's a method to his madness. And he pushed all the right buttons with Brady because he got him in there. He's in there early. He's working it out with his receivers. He's getting better. And as they get combination of series going with him and Antonio Brown, and they get that situation worked out. Remember, Brown only had one week of practice before coming in, and so they haven't had a lot of time to get it together. Once things start gelling there, I guarantee you're going to see a different Buccaneer squad down the stretch. Now, Super Bowl-type Buccaneer squad, I'm not so sure. But at 7-3, and three, you have to look and say, you know what? They have the ability on any given weekend. It's just a matter if they're going to show up. So for you Buccaneers fans asking me, is this it? Is this the real Bucs team? Will they make it all the way? I give you this. They're capable, yes, but which Buccaneer team shows up, and that's the biggest bugaboo about the Buccaneers, is you don't know which team you're going to get week to week because they come out and roll somebody up with almost 50 on the board, or they conversely can score three points. So you just don't know, and they got to get that level of consistency, and I know Bruce Arians is working hard on that. Big win for the Bucks, 7-3, and 4-2. and two. All is not lost in Tampa. It was just a blip last week, so you hope that as they get towards the playoffs, they play more like they did yesterday than they did a week ago. It was the Raiders. Big one. Just win, baby. 6-3, and three, where nobody's talking about John Gruden. I'm going to talk about him as they defeat the Broncos 37-12. to 12. Drew Locke, um, I just don't think it's working for him in Denver. 23 of 47, 257 yards, one touchdown. Very pedestrian for him. As you look at the Raiders rolling up 37 points, improving now the Raiders are 6-3, and 2-2 two and two at home. Jerry Judy, his part uh, for Denver, uh, had four receptions, 68 yards. Uh, Josh Jacobs did it on the ground for the Raiders. When you have the balance that the Raiders had, uh, of course, Jacobs, 21 carries, 112 yards, two touchdowns. The Raiders, nobody's talking about them. I'm going to talk about them as they improved to 6-3. and three. But they're a team right there that's got plenty of offensive talent, solid defense. Now, they don't always play their best, but I can tell you what, on any given weekend, Derek Carr gets hot. Um, they are in a situation where they can get it done. So the Raiders improve to 6-3. and three. It was in another exciting day, and people from Florida are really asking me about Tua, and I did say he was going to be a good one. I didn't think he's going to be a great one, but I'll tell you what, he's off to a fast start as the Dolphins now circle Brian Flores and the Dolphins at 6-3, and 3-2 three, three and two at home as they defeat the Chargers 29-21 to 21 for Tua. And to his credit, they got off to a 14-0 start in this one. Justin Herbert tried to do his best, 20-32, 187, and two touchdowns. So 
The Chargers have found their quarterback for the future, so they can feel good about that. This kid is getting better every week, the former Oregon product. But when you look at this and you look at what the Dolphins are doing at 6-3, and three, very quietly moving up the leaderboard, and you're wondering to yourself, man, what's happening here? Well, Tua, Tua Tonga-Lavoa, the former Alabama quarterback, also heard here on Sports 106.1 now, of course, this past week, due to pandemic reasons, they weren't uh, against LSU, but... Tua did his job, 15 of 25, 169 and two touchdowns. Now, his rating was 106.9. When you look at what he did, two touchdowns, 169, not Hall of Fame numbers, but when you look at the effectiveness of his passing, the fact that he's on target and he's doing the right thing, he's doing things from a leadership standpoint, this guy is proving to be a great move. Where I questioned it with Brian Flores, I did not think you take a quarterback that's winning in Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was on a two-game winning streak, to pull him at that time, I felt was foolhardy. You shouldn't have done it. Flores has, to his credit, pulled the right lever, and Tua is undefeated so far as the Dolphins improved to 29-21, and they're looking like they're rallying behind this young quarterback from Alabama. So congratulations to the Miami Dolphins. In one of the most exciting games, if not the exciting game of the day, in the desert, it was the Cardinals winning 32-30. to In this one, I was switching around, and the Bills came back late with a late Josh Allen touchdown. He did his part, 32-49, 284 yards, two touchdowns. And I'm like, the Bills have this. Mike Neville's going to be happy when he comes on the show this week. And then not so fast, my friend, as it was a final play that did it for the Cardinals. So here it is, putting the dagger in the heart of Bills fans, the Bills Mafia, and Mike Neville. The Cardinals on a final play win it over the Bills, 32-30. to Let's take a listen. Shotgun. Murray out of the pocket. Seven seconds. Six seconds. Murray hits it downfield. It is. Oh, it's caught. It is caught. DeAndre Hopkins. Murray Magic, now watch that shirt being made even as we speak. Kyler Murray, I know his dad, Kevin. I worked with his dad, Kevin. We used to talk about Kyler, and I'm going to tell you right now, this guy is so elusive, you can't get your hands on him. He can just create like the old Fran Tarkenton, only faster. A guy that can just, he's like a human joystick. Just when you think you've got him, he's out of your grasp. He's that 4-2 guy that can just fly, he can create space, and he can throw But here's the thing that I saw yesterday in this game. I'm thinking about Bill O'Brien and the stupidity of letting DeAndre Hopkins go. If Bill O'Brien had been smart and said to himself, you know what, there may be a cultural difference with me and DeAndre Hopkins, there may be a philosophical difference between me and DeAndre Hopkins, but I'm going to get along with this guy for the sake of the team. He's a playmaker. We're going to come together, and i got to look at him and say, he may be different than me. We may have different views come from different areas, but we are going to get along as you have to on a team because the team is comprised of different people, different personalities, different culture. You have so much going on, you have to get along. So he jettisons him off to the desert. So can you imagine yesterday the fired Bill O'Brien sitting in his barca lounger with some chips in front of him, maybe having a beverage, watching the NFL, and he sees Kyler Murray hitting DeAndre Hopkins for a game winner and almost choking on his chips, thinking to himself, If I'd have let that guy, that playmaker Hopkins, stay with us in the Texans, I still might be employed and have a job. We might be playing winning football because I took the number one most effective 
and most game-breaking player out of our offense and sent him somewhere because I couldn't get along with him. That's coaching stupidity, and that cost them big time, cost him his job. And when you look at what happened yesterday, uh, of course, Hopkins and the Cardinals with a big win, improving to don't look now, Cliff Kingsbury, but your team is 6-3. and three, The Bills are 7-3, and three, so both teams still there. And you saw a tremendous ball game with two quarterbacks who were just going back and forth again. And Kyler Murray, he said it best, Murray magic. Every time you watch this guy, he may not win them all, but I'm going to tell you what, he's going to give everything he has, and he's an exciting little guy to watch, and he's something special. If you haven't watched him, you need to sit down and watch Kyler Murray. He's a special player. It was the Rams over the Seahawks and Russell Wilson, of course. Jared Goff, 27-37, 302 yards in this one as the Rams defeat the Seahawks 23-16. to We've got a few more games to get to. We're going to take a quick break, come back with that. We've got Masters coverage. We're going to get through that with you and uh, some of the top NCAA games of the weekend. All that and more as the Sports King rolls on Monday morning. Hey, this is Trent Murphy, number 93 from the Buffalo Bills. You're listening to Jamie King and Sports King on Sports 1061. Tim Cosgrove here at CMA's Colonial Honda, and I've got something big to share. You can now get clearance pricing at CMA's Colonial Honda. All your favorite models now with clearance pricing. But hurry, inventory is moving fast. And stop by for Orange Saturday deals all month long during the Happy Honda Day sales event. CMA's Colonial Honda. Orange you glad owners just do more? Visit CMA's ColonialHonda.com. See dealer for details. Ends 11-30-2020. Do you have a lingering foot problem that won't go away? Are you in need of relief? The Sports King has the answer to your problems. It's the podiatry centers of Dr. Paul Ross. Over 240,000 people have passed through his office, with all of them getting first-class treatment combined with world-class results. With offices in Springfield, Virginia and Bethesda, Maryland, to learn more, please visit Dr. Ross's website at paulrossdpm.com and tell him the Sports King sent you. Want to race the Sports King? Call 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888. Learn it. Know it. Live it. And welcome back, everybody. Monday morning. Hope you're enjoying your ride into work or your first or your second or maybe even heading towards that third cup of coffee. On this Monday morning, don't forget coming up here in about a half an hour, Big Al in the bullpen right now, getting stretched out, getting ready to go. He and Ben Maitland take over 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock live here on the Sports Phone Show with Big Al starting promptly at 8 o'clock. Getting back to the NFL scoreboard, we've got a lot to get to. Uh, it was the Saints 27, the 49ers 13. The Saints uh, improved to 7-2 and two, and the 49ers 4-6. and six. Nick Mullen for San Francisco, not Jimmy G, 24-38-247. Just uh, nothing going well for these 49ers right now. Uh, They're having that Super Bowl hangover. They're not playing well. Alvin Kamara for the New Orleans Saints, seven receptions, 83 yards. In this game, Drew Brees left the game with bruised ribs. In came Jameis Winston. But I'm telling you right now, when you've got uh, Taysom Hill as a guy that you can assert as that uh, Swiss Army knife, Many people don't realize this, but as a coach, I love Taysom Hill. This guy can go at wide receiver. He can throw the football. He can run. He can do jet sweeps. When he runs the football, 230-plus pounds, he runs with authority, and he's hard to bring down. If you watch him, very rarely does the first guy get this guy. He's elusive. He's powerful, 
and whatever they're paying him, they're not paying him enough. He can do just about everything, and he does for the Saints as they improve to seven and two. Sean Payton, who I've long had affection for in terms of his overall coaching ability, I just love everything the guy does. He's a brilliant offensive guy, a brilliant coach, and I admire him so much. Has he Saints at seven and two, four and one, and you have to look at the situation that they have the guys off the bench. Jameis played well. Uh, of course, uh, their key players came in. Latavius Murray had nine carries, 57 yards. And, of course, they are just rolling along at 7-2, and 4-1 and one at home. The Saints are going nowhere, folks. They'll be there when the dust settles. I'm wearing the hat today. And hello, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, all of you Steeler fans that have asked me to wear the Steeler gear. I am wearing that very proudly for you as your Pittsburgh Steelers are 9-0. and Let me repeat that. Your Pittsburgh Steelers, 9-0, and 5-0 and at home. Local product, William & Mary's own Mike Tomlin has Steeler Nation thinking undefeated season. Could it possibly be? As the Steelers defeat the Bengals, who fall to 2-6 and six by a score of 36-10. to 10. Now, this is a game where, of course, the Steelers sleptwalk through the situation with the Cowboys when they played a couple weeks back and didn't play very impressively. This is what I was talking about, about that championship mentality. you got to put away teams early, and you got to put the hammer down on them and don't let off, as they did against the Bengals, scoring 22 in the first half to the 7 for the Bengals. So they hammered the Bengals relentlessly, winning this one 36-10. Ben Roethlisberger, what did he do in this one? 27-46. of 46. 333 yards, four touchdowns for Big Ben. And people are asking me, will the Steelers win the Super Bowl? Right now, based on the best football team in the NFL, playing the best football overall, I'm going to tell you right now, unless something changes. Now, I've all, and we talked about before the season, Kansas City Chiefs are still the champs until you knock them off. But folks, don't go to sleep on this Pittsburgh team. They're the quietest 9-0 and team in NFL history, maybe, because nobody's really given them the due. I'm giving them their due, and this is a championship-quality team. They can win it all very easily. They have the talent on offense, defense, special teams. They are so well-rounded in Pittsburgh, and they continue to roll on. So congratulations. Uh, wear the hat on Facebook Live this morning. Uh, Steeler Nation, 9-0, and and waking up 9-0 and has to feel good as you have dreams of that undefeated season. And the Dolphins fans are like, oh, hopefully that won't happen. But the Steelers definitely looking that way. And kudos to my grandson, Ryan Boyette, of course, down at Emory & Henry. He told me before the season, he said, this is our Super Bowl year. I'm feeling this this year. And I'm like, you sure, Ryan? He said, yep. And then he's been right on the money, 9-0 and or the Steelers. It was the Patriots last night in the Sunday night affair. And this one I didn't see coming. I gave you the Ravens in this because I thought – you know, no way the Patriots, who haven't been playing well at all, are going to get this one. But it was the Patriots winning 23-17. to So I'm asking you this question about Lamar Jackson, last year's MVP, who finished 23-34, of 34, 249 yards, two touchdowns. What's going on? I mean, he comes out a week ago and says, everybody knows our plays. When I call a play at the line of scrimmage, when I go into an audible, they're calling it out on defense, which is never good. And the offensive coordinator came on and said, well, you know, it happens on occasion. But he goes 23 of 34, 249, two touchdowns, but zero points in the all-important fourth quarter. If you're a championship-caliber quarterback, you have to be able to come through when the chips are down. And for some reason, he wasn't able to get it done. The Ravens are still 6-3, and 4-1, and one, still a contender. But when you don't win games, you should. In this game against a less-than-Patriot-Patriot team, 
four and five, they improved to three and two. This was a big shot in the arm for the Patriots, giving them hope and the folks in New England hope where the Ravens should have won this one handily. This should not have been close. But for Bill Belichick and company, give them credit defensively. They shut Lamar Jackson down for the most part, and they gave him fits defensively, whereas the Ravens just weren't able to perform the way that they should have performed. So this was a missed opportunity, Ravens fans. I know many of you are feeling disheartened today, and you should, because it's a situation that you should have won that game, and you just fell short in it. Some other news and notes I want to get to from the world of sports. We've got a lot to get to, one of which I was never a huge fan as a head coach, and I'll tell you, certain guys I just don't think are great head coaches, uh, Matt Patricia, one of them, another guy that I've never felt was a great head coach, a great coordinator, but not a head coach, is Will Muschamp. The folks at South Carolina feel the same way. South Carolina, the Gamecocks, have parted ways with former head football coach Will Muschamp, athletic director Ray Tanner, announced on Sunday. Offensive coordinator Mike Bobo, former uh, quarterback at Georgia and former head coach at Colorado State, will serve as Gamecocks interim coach for the remainder of the season. And this was said afterwards, after a thorough assessment of our football program, we've decided to make a change with the head football coach. I appreciate all that Will Muschap has done for the program. Wish him well. Wish his family the best. I believe our program will be well served by Coach Bobo as the interim head coach, and we search for a new leader for Gamecock football. The move to dismiss Muschap comes on the heels of South Carolina's third straight loss, a 59-42 setback at Ole Miss. Now, here is the bugaboo in the situation with Muschap. He professes to be somewhat of a defensive genius. You roll, get rolled 59 points by Lane Kiffin and company. That's the death knell. That's the final nail in the coffin for you. As Lane Kiffin had 60 nearly on this professed defensive guy, it just didn't work. Must champ in his fifth season as South Carolina coach. Now, here's what I'm saying. This guy's not a head coach. 28 and 30. Now, this is inexplicable to me. While there are great coaches out there on the sidelines waiting to get opportunities, and you roll a guy like this out there that goes 28 and 30, can't even get to 500 football, and you wonder why. Um, it, it's just one of those things where he had some moments where things looked like they were going well, but the Gamecocks finished 4-8 and eight a year ago. They've lost 14 of their last 20 games. So when you say to yourself, 14 of the last 20, and – how do you get an opportunity to continue? But, you know, give the credit to the folks there at South Carolina for giving him the opportunity to stay employed, and the end has come for Will Muschamp, and I say rightfully so. So that's the situation there in South Carolina. Uh, I do want to send one sad note over the weekend that I uh, found out about. That was Anthony Stewart, Tennessee Martins men basketball coach Anthony Stewart, died suddenly Sunday the school has announced he was 50 years of age. Uh, the quote was, we are stunned to hear the tragic news. This is from athletic director Curtin McGuffin. Coach Stewart was a true leader to everyone of the young man he coached. He emphasized the meaning of a college degree and instilled professionalism in each of the student athletes. We asked for privacy during this very difficult time. No cause of death was given. And very sad news, uh, Stewart had been the coach of the Skylark since 2016 when he was promoted from associate head coach to the top spot to replace Heath Schroyer. He had been the assistant and associate head coach under Schroyer for two seasons. As head coach Stewart led UT Martin to a 22-13 and 13 record in his first season at the helm, earning a spot in the collegeinsider.com postseason tournament. The 22 wins equal the school's record for most wins in a season. So very, very sad news out of Tennessee Martin. Uh, the head coach, Anthony Stewart, has passed away unexpectedly at age 50. We send our condolences and prayers to 
his family and friends after this tragic loss for the community there. And he was a great guy, very well respected and very well loved. <clears throat> we do want to turn our attention from that to golf. And I want to bring in uh, Ben Maitland, of course, an aspiring golfer. He will never don the green jacket, nor will I. He and I, unless we break into Augusta, may not ever get on the grounds. But as I bring Ben in, uh, it was a huge win, Ben, uh, not only for Dustin Johnson, but for his brother as well. His brother was on the bag. It just a beautiful moment afterwards as I sat there and thought to myself, you know, uh, you know, having four brothers, what would it have been like to have my brother, in this case his brother Austin, on the bag? Uh, many years ago, they were kind of uh, – some people joked and said, hey, it's dumb and dumber, and they were teased and uh, talked about and said, hey, that combination is not going to work. It's more of a uh, thing for show than a, an effective uh, matchup. But these guys have really come together. They've worked well together. And Dustin Johnson has 24 PGA Tour wins at age 36. What were your impressions yesterday as he wore the green jacket, Ben? Well, uh, a deserving champion and certainly – Certainly so. The way he had played most of this year, even with the pandemic and uh, the tour being um, having to go offline there for a couple of months, uh, he never really missed a beat. Um, he was really good down the stretch. He was really good in the playoffs, won a few tournaments, I think, including the Tour Championship to win the FedEx Cup. He was the player of the year. And now you cap it all off by winning the uh, the final major of the year in a very weird season uh, down at Augusta National. Um Again, very deserving. Uh, it was pretty emotional, you know, to see him and his brother, uh, his brother Austin, embrace uh, on the 18th green yesterday when uh, they completed the walk up the hill, and all he had to do was uh, was putt out a couple of times to uh, to win the tournament. Um, again, pretty emotional. Um, I know DJ's been through quite a bit, you know, in his personal life uh, going back a few years. Um, it's just kind of a you know quiet, kind of unassuming guy. You know, he's just kind of like. You know, a guy you go and hang out with and, and have a couple of beers with on the weekend, um, like like one of your buddies. Um, he's an easy guy to root for, and he certainly had his A game uh, over the course of these couple of days, closing with a four under sixty eight yesterday, finishing at twenty under par, which uh, broke the tournament record by two shots uh, set by Tiger Woods in his historic win in nineteen ninety seven. Uh, Jordan Spieth matched that back in two thousand fifteen when he won his only Masters. Um, so DJ. You know, making some history there, finishing at the 20 under mark. Nobody had ever even reached that number in Masters history at any point in the tournament. Had only four bogeys in 72 holes, which was another record. Um, and then he only missed 12 greens all week, which was a record that was last set by Tiger Woods. So uh, his round Saturday when he shot 65 was one of the best rounds I've ever seen. Um, I think he only missed like two or three uh, greens in regulation on Saturday. And was just you know on his A game. He he kind of leaked a little oil early yesterday, um, early on in the round, by bogeying. I think bogeyed four and five back to back. And at that point, it was a one shot lead. But really, after that, he was able to ride himself, and was able to come away victorious. Afterwards, he was in the uh, uh, in Butler cabin there on the there on the grounds of Augusta National, where they do the green jacket ceremony, uh, where Tiger put the uh, jacket on him at the close of the broadcast yesterday before things ended. Uh, he reacted to winning his second major. Honestly, it still feels like a dream. Uh, you know, as, as a kid, you know, dreaming about winning the Masters, you know, having Tiger put the green jacket on you, you know, it's, it still seems like it's a dream. But, you know, I'm here and, you know, what a great feeling it is. And, you know, I couldn't be more excited. Again, kind of, I mean, just an unassuming dude. He's like, you know, all shucks, kind of, you know, I'm I'm happy to be here and, 
he grew up down in Columbia, South Carolina, which is not far from the um, Georgia-South Carolina border where Augusta is. So kind of a home game for him, and he, he got the job done. You know, Ben, when I watched the reaction, you know, the thing about him, I, I'm over the top. You know, I love to celebrate, and it's one of those things where you're so excited. And to see a guy like him, as you said, so unassuming, just, you know, hey, you know, just we got it done, and I'm excited. Well, you really can't tell. It looks like his pulse rate never goes I over. I swear it really certain, doesn't, no. It really does. Uh, Paulina Gretzky, of course, he has not married her yet. He, he's been dating her. And I just want to say this. Having met Wayne Gretzky, one of the classier men I've ever met in my life in terms of the type of person he is, and I got to spend a little time with him, I think the influence of his future father-in-law, who should be his future father-in-law, has been great off of uh, the course, because you're talking about a guy that he can learn from that's won so many championships. And if you're a guy like Dustin Johnson, and I'm not saying that they spend 24 hours a day together, but the fact that when they do, a championship mentality and the way to handle yourself as a professional, you see a lot of Gretzky and Johnson in terms of the way they conduct themselves. Very solid. Now, uh, Gretzky didn't have the problems Johnson had to overcome, but at the same time, they carry themselves very uh, efficiently in the way they handle their business and they're very unassuming guys and they just go about talking about the people around them and it, it was great to see but I think Gretzky's had a bigger influence on him than many people understand and it's great to see that for Dustin Johnson who now they are talking about maybe getting married soon and hopefully things are settling down for him as Ben said his 20 underscore uh, was over five better than Cameron Smith. Sanjay, uh, Sanjay M was 15 under as well. Justin Thomas, an ex-American at 12 under. Uh, ben, when I bring you back here uh, and talking about the, the field, who was it from an American standpoint that you looked at? You said, maybe this guy could uh, make a Sunday charge that never did. Who, who didn't come through that you thought might have? Well, uh, it's a good question. Really looking at the leaderboard and thinking back of who was – in contention or within striking distance, it probably would have been Thomas. And he really, you could say, shot himself out of things on Saturday the way he played the back nine, uh, that being Justin Thomas on, on Saturday. He did not have a great uh, finish to the third round, and I think that put him uh, far enough back where even with a, a decent round yesterday, he couldn't really you know, step on the gas pedal and really get all that close to um, to DJ. So. Uh, he would probably be the guy, and I know he was frustrated. You can tell by his body language the way he finished the round or finished the tournament yesterday, too, that Justin was uh, kind of frustrated and I'm sure is already looking forward to, uh, to next April. It's a quick turnaround. You know, just a couple of months from now, we'll be right back at Augusta for the first major of the 2021 season. Um, knock on wood. Um, yeah. We, we hope so. Uh, hopefully with patrons in attendance. Um, the other guys on the international front, real quick before we get to break, I was impressed with Sung J.M., uh, I don't know how that guy ever misses a fairway. Uh, the the way the broadcast was talking yesterday, very solid golf swing. And then Cameron Smith, you have to tip your hat to him. No one had ever shot four rounds in the 60s at the Masters until he did that this past weekend. And you feel like normally that'd be good enough to win, just not this weekend when Dustin Johnson was in the field. So Dustin Johnson is your Masters champion. We're going to take a timeout. We're going to come back. Uh, Dodger, the former Dodger great manager, Hall of Famer, Tommy Lasorda, was in intensive care, and we'll update you on him and much, much more as Jim Beheim also, we found out today, has tested positive. The Syracuse Orangeman head man is uh, tested positive for COVID. So it continues to ravage everybody across this country as the numbers continue to spike. We'll talk about that to update you on Tom Lewis Horta and much, much more as we close out the Monday edition of the Sports King. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Mike Singletary, former Chicago Bear, 
Hall of Famer. You're listening to my friend Jamie King, the Sports King on Sports 1061. Coastal Carolina University offers you the academic experiences you need to succeed after college. From marine science to computer science, from theater to music technology, from hospitality management to health administration, there is a place for you at Coastal Carolina University. With inspired learning opportunities in the classroom, in the field, online, and around the world, Coastal Carolina offers the opportunities to support and empower your success. Visit coastal.edu to learn more. Tim Cosgrove here at CMA's Colonial Honda, and I've got something big to share. You can now get clearance pricing at CMA's Colonial Honda. All your favorite models now with clearance pricing. But hurry, inventory is moving fast. And stop by for Orange Saturday deals all month long during the Happy Honda Day sales event. CMA's Colonial Honda. Orange you glad owners just do more? Visit cmascolonialhonda.com. See dealer for details. Ends 11-30-2020. You're listening to a man whose yoga instructor asked him how flexible he was. And he replied that he couldn't do Tuesdays. It's the Sports King on Sports 1061. Monday, 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 heading towards Thanksgiving. And boy, are we thankful. Be thankful to get through 2020, get this COVID behind us, the coronavirus. And let's move into 2021 with hopefully some vaccines and brighter days ahead for all of us. Want to let you know that Hall of Fame manager Tommy Lasorda is in intensive care. The legendary Los Angeles Dodgers manager, 93 years of age, was admitted to intensive care over the weekend, is resting comfortably, this according to the team. So that's some great news there. He is resting comfortably. also want to let you know, as I mentioned, Jim Beheim has been uh, announced that he has tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, this happened on Sunday, so Jim Beheim. Uh, we wish him the very best in his battle against his disease. One other news and note uh, from me, uh, Aleski Novikov of Ukraine has been crowned the 2020 World's Strongest Man after the annual Strongman competition was postponed previously. He comes through, so congratulations to Aleski Novikov, your strongest man in the world. One of the strongest guys I know in Richmond in the studio himself, Ben Maitland, has some news about a couple teams that we follow closely one didn't get to play and one is just climbing the charts yeah that's exactly right one of course you're uh from your neck of the woods and, and your folks down at coastal carolina jamie unfortunately the number 15th ranked team in the country uh, was not able to play over the weekend as most people know uh, we're supposed to take on troy that game postponed due to coronavirus uh, concerns so no game for the chanticleers over the weekend uh, Liberty, the Flames, on the other hand, just continue to roll right on along. Number 22 in the country at the moment, uh, a thrashing of Western Carolina, 58-14 on Saturday. Wow. Uh, Hugh Freeze uh, has got him pointed in the right direction, man. What can I say? Um, Hugh Freeze trying to get a job elsewhere, it looks yeah, like. potentially. I mean, we mentioned the Gamecocks uh, opening now, having having that vacancy now open up. Maybe he's toward the top of the, the candidate list for that. Uh, Virginia Tech, meanwhile, a very tough loss again. Of course, they were down by Liberty in a very close game last weekend, um, or weekend before last. Number 9 Miami taking care of the Hokies in Blacksburg, 25-24. Another, again, tough loss for uh, for Virginia Tech as far as that's concerned. Uh, Number 10 Indiana, 24-0 over Michigan State. Just to hit a few highlights, uh, Notre Dame, 45-31, of course, over Boston College, the Irish number 2 ranked team in the country. Uh, Oregon getting a win over Washington State, 43-29. And then on down the list, uh, it keeps getting worse for uh, Jim Harbaugh and Michigan. What else can I say? Uh, 49-11 yeah. 
uh, again, a pounding at the hands of the Wisconsin Badgers. And your games, the, uh, some other games, some other highlights that were postponed. Georgia, Missouri, of course, postponed in the SEC. Alabama, LSU, which I know we were both looking forward to, even though LSU has been kind of down this season, also postponed. And then Ohio State, Maryland, of course, canceled over the weekend because of coronavirus concerns as well, as I throw it back to you. Hey, the flames burning brightly, yes, are they, they are. Ben Maitland, as uh, they continue to move forward and uh, up the charts. Liberty Flames, no joke. They beat the Hokies. They continue to do well, and we wish them well. And congratulations to Hugh Freeze, who uh, resurrecting his career in big fashion there with Liberty. Want to let you know before we get off the air, leading the Big Owl coming up momentarily. He's coming to the mound soon with the ball, ready to fire away. The Cleveland Cavaliers swingman Kevin Porter Jr. was arrested early Sunday morning, cited for improper handling of a firearm in a motor vehicle. The Ohio State uh, Highway Patrol says trooper responded to a report of a crash on Interstate 76. There they found the 2020 Mercedes GLA had uh, GLE had veered off the road and overturned. That wasn't bad enough. When they helped him out of the vehicle, they determined the accident had been caused by driver fatigue, but that wasn't good enough. They also had to find marijuana and a 45 caliber handgun. Ugh, not good. Porter was taken to the local county facility and released on a $4,000 bond. That's going to wrap it up for the Monday morning edition of Sports King. But don't touch it dial. Their best sports coverage continues. We call him Big Al alongside Ben Maitland. They're our next Sports Phone Live for two hours. I'm the Sports King. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody.